Hello, and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. I'm Megan Rose Dickey. What's up? What up? Uh, as with every other episode of this podcast, we're going to do a quick recap of some of the week's streaming and entertainment news, and then we are going to review the sixth season of Orange is the New Black. Um, as I was admitting earlier on, I have not... I'm not fully caught up with this show, so I'm really just I'm just going to be listening for that part, but uh, I'm excited to be here. It's a nice change of pace, honestly, for us, because like nine weeks out of ten, Anthony's like, let's talk about superheroes and comic books, <laughs> and I don't know what the hell's going on, so now we're, uh, we're doing my kind of television, folks. Yeah. Good. I absolutely recognize that, and I'm, like I said, happy, happy to do it, happy to just <laughs> shut up. For the second half of the show. But not yet. Unfortunately, you are going to hear me talk for a little bit. Um, So I think the first piece of news we wanted to discuss was that Andy Serkis, who everyone knows as Gollum in the Lord of the Rings movies. um, Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. Go on. Sorry. Yes. And then he was also (laughs) um, like the lead ape in the new Planet of the Apes movies. Um, He directed a version of the Jungle Book for Warner Brothers, which everyone was like, what the hell? There's a version of that coming out from disney and then that made a lot of money and so they're trying to figure out what the hell they were going to do with it they ended up selling it to netflix and then netflix has also bought this new film from them um called uh, which is going to be based on animal farm so it's going to be this sort of like motion capture perform i mean performance capture animated version of animal farm you know what i what i think would be even better is if they did lord of the flies I think that would be really fun to see. But anyway, go on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's that's it. I mean, it's, it's. I think, uh, I would like to see Lord of the Rings. I mean, sorry, Lord of the Flies, no, wow. The- I'm just like, Jesus. words are just falling out in the wrong order, wrong words. Um, this is going to be a great podcast. What do you think, Morgan? <laughs> <laughs> we did that. I, I screwed that up before we started the episodes. So. I know, it's an inside joke. But. Yeah, well, yeah, my name is not Morgan. Um, no, I did have a good friend in high school named Morgan, and they'd be like, Morgan and Megan, da da da, you know, but. Uh, wow. Anyway. I think I was just trying to combine Megan and Rose into one word. Morgan. Um, no, so Animal Farm, though. Like, I feel like Animal Farm was the first book I did, like, a book report on. Mm. You know, isn't it like sixth or seventh grade reading? I don't even know. I would imagine that I've read it, but I don't know for a fact. I mean, it's very slim, and I think the language is very simple. And then there are, you know, these sort of more adult political ideas in there. But I think you can probably read it as, like, fairly young and just at least get, like, the basic plot. Yeah, because they just, they use it as, like, um, exactly what you just described, which is, like, a very, like, uh, on its surface, very straightforward tail right of the the farm animals um the farm animals rebelling has all of this symbolism following it about it was like russia right that's what it was supposed to be about yeah wait so when is this coming out um they don't have a specific date i think yet it, yeah i'm just looking at the article um they just said that they're they're gonna make it um so probably not for until like 2019 or 2020 most likely maybe even later than that Mm. I'd rather see a good 1984. Oof. Yeah. Um. It it seems like that one is the one that feels a little bit more, like suited to a movie. Yeah. Right. And I mean, so there was that like Broadway 
um, production of 1984 that that happened like right after the election. Um, I think a lot of people are curious about, you know, because the the original book is is basically about the Russian Revolution um, and how that went wrong. So presumably, if you want to do it in 2018, you want to update it somehow, somehow make it more politically relevant, because otherwise, what's the point in even doing it unless you just really like the idea of CGI animals? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which I feel like some people do. Isn't that what Isle of Dogs was all about? Yeah, what about Zootopia? I mean, I could name a thousand of them, honestly. That's true. That's true. And and so maybe that's maybe they want to convince people it's going to be like that, and then it turns out to be this like dark political. Absolute movie. power corrupts absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so what's our next piece of news? Because I feel like there's not a whole lot we can do with that. So uh, Octavia Spencer, um, oh, yeah. amazing actress. <laughs> um, she's also signed up for a. Netflix show uh, called Madam C.J. Walker. This is somebody I at least didn't know anything about. Um, apparently, she was born in the late 19th century, and then at the beginning of the 20th century, she became like one of the very few um, African-American uh, female millionaires because she sold all these different hair products like hair straighteners, um, shampoos, uh, pomades, um, and so they're making a Netflix show about her starring Octavia Spencer. Yeah. So she was, uh, yeah, she was born to, uh, two former slaves and, uh, yeah, like back, back in the day, she was like washing clothes for a dollar fifty a day. And, um, yeah, it's like being marketed as this, I mean, well, it really is like a rags to, to riches kind of story. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see it. I mean, like I know. I like I definitely know the name Madam CJ Walker but didn't really know too much about her story so I'll be really interested in seeing this with and with Octavia Spencer who's a boss. Yeah, she really is amazing. Cool. Well, uh, I think we well, yeah, we're all all excited about it. I don't know if there's that much more we need to say about that one either. Uh, so I think the last piece of news we wanted to discuss was Movie Pass, um, <laughs> which I think is pretty much like everyone's favorite topic right now. Um, and last week, MoviePass basically started to have these outages and become basically unusable for large stretches of time. Uh, the company basically admitted that they had run out of cash and had to borrow $5 million just to pay off some of their partners. And then this week, they made this announcement about, we have a path to profitability, and the way we're going to get there is we are not going to have big movies uh, available in the app for the first two weeks, and we're also going to increase pricing from uh, $10 to $15 a month for the basic plan. Um, and like things got like so weird that they actually had to put out a press release that was titled Movie Pass. We're still standing. And the entire content of the press release was, hey, we're still here. We haven't actually <laughs> shut down yet. It's not clear what's going to happen, but but things do. I mean, this is not in the press release. This is now me. <laughs> things do not look great for Movie Pass at the moment. No, that path forward you just described sounds like it still won't work. Like I'm not, you know, I don't have like a business degree or anything, but um, <laughs> I've had a, enough conversations around unit economics to figure out that fifteen dollars a month won't work. So, I don't know what the actual plan is, but 
like you said, it's not looking promising. Because you know, you know, cinemia or whatever, cinemoid. Because I feel like they, they're. I still don't know if that's going to work, but I feel like they're going to be better off than Movie Pass because from the beginning they've, they've never allowed unlimited movies. They're like, okay, for like nine bucks a month you can see two movies. And if you want to see three, then pay like 14 bucks a month. So like already it's like a lot more manageable, I would say, than, than Movie Pass. And I mean, is Movie Pass still doing the see as many movies you want a month? But now no blockbusters? Essentially, although they keep changing their, their what exactly they're offering. So it's, you know, in two months, it, I mean, assuming that they're still around, um, it could be something different again. But right. yes, the, the core, the basic plan is supposed to be unlimited movies with a whole bunch of restrictions. Right. <laughs> so like unlimited, but not actually. Right. Quantity is unlimited, but we're going to like say these blockbusters you can't see during the first two weeks. And that's on top of the fact that they were already saying that for really popular movies, they were going to do surge pricing where you had to pay an extra one or two or even more dollars to, to see. So like, which kind of like, to me, undermines the whole premise of the service. Right. Um, but, but I think you're right. That, I mean, there there you're going to start seeing more of these models emerge. I mean, we're already seeing that also with like AMC Alamo Drafthouse, a lot of these movie mm-hmm. theater chains are also doing their own version of it, which usually, like, costs a little bit more, but also, like, because it's, you know, a movie, cha- you know, a theater chain doing it, they can manage the cost a little bit more because what MoviePass was essentially doing, which is going out and buying your movie ticket, which is, not, <laughs> you know, not not necessarily the, like, when you pay, only pay 10 bucks a month, that's not necessarily... Uh, a sustainable, as you were saying, like unit economics don't make a lot of sense there. Well, um, it reminds whereas- me a lot of like ClassPass. Like if you think mm. of all of the ev- like the evolution that ClassPass had to go through to get like right. profitable unit economics, it took like four or five tries. Um, and they were doing the same thing. They were buying your class at a like slightly discounted price um, and then upselling it to you and users who were using the service a ton were subsidized by people who weren't using the service were going once or twice a month um and they had to go to like virtual currency and really like make a lot of changes in order to make that work so i don't know if i i would just say to like movie pass users and stuff like get it while it's hot go use it as much as you can because it seems like it's gonna it's not gonna be like this for a long time um yeah that would be my advice and i don't have any advice to the movie past founders and ceos like you i don't know what to tell you okay but is class pass doing well like have they figured it out yeah i think like they finally gotten to a point where their unit economics makes sense they make money off of every single user that they have um and now they're they're in land grab mode so they're going to asia and they're going to uh, UK, Australia, Canada, they're spreading across the US, like every viable market. Essentially, if a market has, you know, a, a threshold of studio fitness places in it, mm. then they'll they want to enter that market because they finally got the economics right. Um, but it took a lot, right? Like it's been class has been around for like five years. And they had to raise their prices all the like a bunch of times and then they got rid of their unlimited tier 
And finally, they've added in dynamic pricing. Uh, so, like, a studio can say, and this would work a lot, uh, really well for MoviePass, too. Like, a studio on ClassPass can say, okay, this 6 p.m. or 6.30 p.m. yoga class taught by our best teacher in Equinox is worth a lot more than a 2 p.m. class by our worst teacher, <laughs> you know, um, at a shitty gym. And those prices should be reflected, right, in what a ClassPass user pays. And so that's what they've done. And it would make a lot of sense at a movie theater, too, like a Friday night, you know, uh, movie, even if it's not a blockbuster, should be worth more than if you go at 11 a.m. to a movie that's been out for a month and a half. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think the other point you're, you're kind of getting at there is, you know, there's a lot of startups where the business model at the beginning and the unit economics at the beginning don't necessarily make sense. And then the hope is that as they get scale, um, that it starts to make more sense. I think that people like to make movie fun of MoviePass because it was so obvious <laughs> that it, it didn't make sense um, uh, on like a sort of dollars and cents level. And, and so it was just easy to sort of point at them and be like, that that's not going to last. That can't work. And, you know, obviously, you know, like, I think, I think they are like, they have made a, a significant impact in how um, movie theaters and maybe even movie studios think about how they should charge for tickets. So, you know, they've, in that sense, they've already like done something significant, but it sounds like unless they can raise some additional, unless some sort of company comes in and gives them a ton more money to, to, you know, figure everything out. Um, they're not going to be the ones who actually like see the benefits from that. Yeah, I give it, I give it a couple more months, if that. Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think if they can make it a couple more months, then then you know, maybe we'll actually see things turn around. But yeah, if, if I think if nobody like just writes them another check, I think they're probably going to be gone a lot sooner. <laughs> it really speaks to like the the um, leadership's ability to like convince people of shit they sound like amazing salespeople. do you know what i mean i don't know because they shouldn't have even gotten that extra what was it five million dollars right you know what i mean like whatever conversation they had to get that had to have been incredibly convincing because i don't understand how people with a bunch of money can be like oh yeah that'll eventually work this is a smart idea <laughs> unless it's like a you know an alone with a with crazy uh What's the word I'm looking for? Where you have to pay Interest. money back? Interest. There we go. Yeah. I, I know all about the math <laughs> <laughs> and the business. Trust me. Um, let's move on to Orange is New Black because that's something I do know a lot about. Yeah, apparently. Oof. What season was it again? Six? Seven? Seven million? I don't know. I feel Six. like I think it just needs to end. And does it end? Wow. I'm not through. <laughs> I'm not through this season yet. I got like six episodes. Yeah, I'm through six episodes. I finished it. I finished it in a day. Yeah, that's not healthy. Well, maybe you don't judge me. So, um... You did it for work. Yeah, I did it for my job. I'm dedicated. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I stayed up past my bedtime last night to try to finish it. And I just couldn't fucking do it. <laughs> so I think like Orange is the New Black has this weird cadence, right? Like season one and was was really good, obviously. Season two was okay. Season three was not so great, from what I recall. And then season four remember. was like 
Wait, sorry. How many seasons are we at right now? This is six. The the one that um you were not finished with is season six. Okay, yeah. I think season four was really hard for me, and I was just like, fuck this show. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Because died. season four, yeah, yeah season four was just like happened. super emotional. Um, a lot happened really quickly in season four. Um, and then season five happened over the course of like three days or something, which was very different from the previous oh, yeah. seasons. Right. So it had a it had a an odd kind of cadence to it, and this felt like a little bit like starting over almost at season mm. one in a way. Like they're in a new place, they move to Max, um, yeah. and they've got to kind of re-navigate from the beginning. Um, I lo- I think that the change of setting was pretty important. Like it gave the opportunity for new characters, and mm-hmm. it gave it like put in place a new set of rules because if you think about it at like camp or whatever at minimum security they had not only established all the rules but then broken them all and the whole thing was kind of lit on fire right so you kind of have to start fresh yeah exactly you have to start fresh and so um i thought this season was a good if it depends on what their plans are right i assume that there's a next season uh based on the way this one ended because okay um, just tell me is piper she's still because i'm at the part where she's like oh my god my experience is so unique i should write a memoir <laughs> right she's like you every know? 23 year old like white girl who graduates from nyu um so like i'm I've it made me so happy that they're life. like <laughs> it made me happy that they're getting to that point because i'm just like okay this is about to be fucking over you know yeah like just God, I'm so fucking over her. Anyway, I don't know why. And theoretically, I feel so they could end it here, but I don't think they will, based on the way that it ended. But um, yeah, I, I think they're just setting up, like you said, for like that closing season. Yeah. And uh, they're I, I'm my biggest concern is that they're gonna wrap it into a really neat, pretty little bow, and I don't think that's what like the show is necessarily about. Yeah. Okay, if tell me this. R- riddle me this, J-Dog. <laughs> Ready to riddle. <laughs> okay. Does, and this, like, you can spoil this, but, like, does, or wait, what do I even, let me see, what am I willing to know right now? It sounds like you hate it. I'm not s- sure why you're worried about spoilers. You're like, fuck this, I'm ready for it to be over. Don't spoil it, though. <laughs> What the fuck? Does Piper just get... Is she done? Is this her last season? Um, Like, does she get out of prison at the end of the season? Or is she still in there? Yeah. She gets yeah, out. Yeah, what? Oh, she gets out. <laughs> yeah, she gets... It, it's, like, kind of a story as to how that happens. Okay, okay, but, okay. But she gets um, out. Okay, because that's what they're setting up. Because she's like, oh, my God, where's the memoir section in the prison library? <laughs> Well, and also she was like, I'm sorry, I really just love doing like the white girl accent. I just think it's funny. Sorry, go on. (laughs) She's like also kind of bummed about it too when she leaves. She's like, oh, I'm gonna miss Alex, my fiance. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're getting out of prison. Like, can you just look chipper a little bit? Like, you're. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. The whole thing is very interesting. A couple other people got out. I won't share who. Yeah, um, like, ah, motherfucker. 
Although, anyway. um, <laughs> nope, <laughs> no, although I really, I really, really liked uh, the new characters, Donnie Carol Don. and Barb and Daddy. Yeah, like oh, they right. are. They're really interesting characters, I think, and the story of Carol and Barb as it because they're sisters, right? Yeah, they're like okay. kingpin sisters. Yeah. Who can't get along. There's been a ton of that on TV recently, by the way. Have you guys seen The Sinner? No. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll just save that for some other time. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, You know, Orange is the New Black does a really good job of, like, the dramedy, right? I feel like they've yeah. kind of dominated that type of television where one minute you are so stressed out you know and then the next minute like someone says something just on the nose hilarious and you're like oh i feel light and airy again and then you're like oh shit i'm stressed again um and i think that this season accomplished that it did a really good job of that the stuff that's happening with um tasty yeah is is like really heart-wrenching and i feel like they're diving deeper into some of the other characters like um cindy she her character kind of comes out even more she's always been a little bit of a of a joke character you know and had these lighter stories and you're really seeing her feelings come through which is yeah there's yeah and they do some more flashbacks to like how what life was like for her before prison which i appreciate yeah absolutely well that's tasty i think no no not with cindy did they do one with cindy yeah, <laughs> I'm. I, I'm like she, remember, like, I watched it in a day. It's like the lock. It's like the locker room scene. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. Anthony, what did you think as someone who's missed uh, seasons two through five? So you just wait, Anthony. So you just started with this season. I so I've seen season one, and then I was like, that was good. Don't need to keep going. And then I like watched the first few episodes of this season just to, you know, I would so I would at least be somewhat oriented during this conversation. Okay. Um, Oh, so you only watched two episodes? Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, wait, sorry. I have something to say, but go on, Anthony. I I mean, so one of the things I'm curious about is is my feel. Jordan, you were talking about that balance of like um, comedy and drama and like drama. And I feel like definitely like the first season to me felt much more like a comedy with some serious elements. And it, and I mean, both from just what I know about the previous seasons and then these episodes, it feels like the show has definitely shifted much more towards being a drama that also has its funny moments, but like the bit overall it's become, you know, a lot more serious. I mean, partly I guess because it just like the subjects and the plot seems a lot heavier. I mean, is that yeah. fair? Yeah, well, I think that's fair because on the one, like there's two reasons I think for that. First is just... The more you get to know these characters, the more they raise the stakes with how you feel about what happens to them, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's one piece of it where, like, what would have, what could have been turned into a joke season one matters a lot because we've watched, we know a lot about the background of these characters and we watch what happens to them in prison and we watch what happens in their relationships and we care a lot more. And so it's no longer like the butt of a joke. It's, it's a serious thing. And secondly, because like you said, they've woven elements into the, into the plot now, like the, the murder of Pousset, um, is a huge moment 
and the um Daya when Daya um you know gets hold of a gun and points it at an officer like these are moments that uh they've brought in that raise the stakes as well so I think that you know the fact that they're in Max now um they've had you know all we've these characters had history before we ever showed up, but some of them didn't, right? Piper, particularly, we came into prison with her, um, and we've seen her go through a few years of, you know, being kingpin, being bullied, uh, forming relationships, uh, friendships, and you know, that's why I think at the end when she leaves, it's a, it's a, it's another kind of high stakes moment that could have been funny, but ended up being a little bit more serious because she she loves these people you know what i mean the idea of leaving them behind without her and even like a moment of like kind of fomo like what am i gonna miss out on which is crazy right because what are they missing out on in prison <laughs> everything right so <laughs> right. it's interesting i will also say that it it feels like i one thing that surprised me was that Piper is still a very, very annoying character. Um, <laughs> That's surprising. But that the show, the way the show has dealt with that is basically by like just expanding the canvas so it really doesn't feel like that, like you said, like we kind of go into prison with her. And even in the first season, you can see that like they're, they're the focus like shifts to these different characters who are mm-hmm. already there. Um, but even more so like this, like I feel like if you if you just watch this season without like knowing like the background or the beginning, like you wouldn't necessarily think that Piper was the main character. And you'd probably be grateful for that because all she does for those first couple episodes is pine for Alex. Yeah. And I mean, she's I mean, she, she's definitely the least she's the least interesting character on the show. And and I feel like that's I mean, with the exception of like season one, I mean, like, yes, that's our entrance into this into this prison but like once we get in there like she's really not that not that interesting. Yo, so my feelings toward piper uh megan you watched the l word right yeah yeah of course um <laughs> did you watch it anthony uh no i haven't seen any um, no so i haven't shocked seen any of it. by that there's like so many superheroes <laughs> in it so um <laughs> i like other non-superhero stuff too that was i feel like daryl well daryl set the bar for like superhero craziness really high and so i'm like not that bad but i am pretty bad i will admit that yeah well anyway the point i'm trying to make with piper is that like she is in like insanely fucking annoying but yeah. also like she's pretty much me and it was the same <laughs> thing for jenny what like does that even mean she's like i mean you. like of of all the people in the prison like i probably am most like piper as much as i hate her because like, i'm like I'm annoying like her. Like, I'm very self-centered and, like, I'll talk about, you know, stuff that nobody else cares about and be really opinionated. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just, like, it's sad. Wow. So, like, and it's yeah, the same I with take, Jenny I from the L word. I take offense to that on your behalf. Yeah, no, me too. Like, but okay, I think you were much better character. than Piper, but I also see what you're saying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> am, I, am I in too much trouble for saying that? <laughs> no, it's true. I would ar- also argue that, I mean, that is like, and that's part of why she's the protagonist in the in the first season in particular, is that like, if you're sort of not from some of these like worlds, like Piper is the one that you, the, the one who's like well off, you know, well educated, 
Um, and so you sort of like, oh, I sort of get her. Not I don't want to say like her, but like I get her in a way that I don't necessarily get these other characters right away. Well, yeah. that and like also just like the way that she thinks. Like she's very, um, she's just like she just stays within herself. Do you know what I mean? Where like other people, I feel like are a little bit more open to like hearing each other out and relating to each other and she just relates to herself like she gets in prison and she's like oh what i wouldn't give for like a goat cheese croissant and i could just like see myself being that way do you know what i mean where i'm like oh i just want my favorite cheese plate you know and people are like what the fuck bitch you know and i'm like oh i just do you know like i don't that just and it was the same with jenny from the l word everybody hated jenny and i was like Mm. i really get jenny (laughs) like i just I'm just like the most hated character in every show but um yeah long story short is even though piper's annoying she has she has evolved i think in in a certain respect right because like she went through a whole evolution of trying to become like some kingpin remember during the ruby rose season and oh uh, yeah and she wanted to be boss and she was bossing people around and everybody was working for her and it really backfired on her. Um, and, and I think by now, by this season, she's realized, and it is annoying that she's pining for Alex, but like she realized that her life is her and Alex and their partners. And that's really what she should be focusing on as opposed to trying to figure out her prison persona. She's like, no, I just want to be with, the person i love and you guys can go on about your your business i'm not gonna really get involved in it do we do we know what happened with the real alex like like no, in real life? that's a great question i'm gonna look yeah i don't know but um because i know in real life like they definitely did not end up together and i feel like real alex wanted nothing to do with the show if i'm remembering that correctly Wow, apparently the real Alex Voss is uh <laughs> apparently did what? not have sex in prison, not even a little bit. And I was not her first and I certainly did not seduce her. <laughs> oh, that's re- what real Alex says? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So she's a big fan of the show. <laughs> interesting but uh yeah i i don't know i think you know i just i i honestly think it's like a it's a great show it deserves the emmys it got i think uh crazy eyes still like one of the best performers on television right now yeah she does such a good job and in this they open this season with her and like her perspective and it's it's almost like cartoony and weird but then it's amazing and like I said, I, I feel like Carol, Barb, and, and Daddy, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to spoil things either. Can I? Nah. Or no. <laughs> Do what you think is right. Well, yeah. Okay, fine. It's just, okay, because I only really care about, like, I just don't want to be spo- anything spoiled about, like, Tasty or Cindy, uh, Red or Daya. I don't really care about... I guess I, I care less about these new characters is what I'm getting at. Okay. So you can spoil well, that. That works out well because okay. like my hope was that Carol and Barb would end up 
well, okay, so here's how I see things playing out. My hope when I was first watching the show is that Carol and Barb would end up being like kind of um, mainstays and get involved in the action more. Oh yeah, I don't but care Carol about that and, at all. Carol and Barb both die at the end of this season. Oh, huh. which which I didn't like at first, but then I realized it opens up a power grab. Right. Because they're right? the two. Because they they're of they like D and C block or whatever. Exactly. Right. So now there's like a, a power vacuum and whoever mm. steps up and grabs it is going to be in charge. So I think that's going to be a big piece of the next season. Okay. Huh. And I'm kind of worried that Alex is going to do it mm. and then end up with more time. So yeah. it's stressful. Yeah, it's funny. I have no feelings about that whatsoever. Did you wait? But but Megan, did you see the episode that shows what happened? Why Carol and Barb were put in prison? Um, no, I haven't seen. If that. you had, you'd know it. Okay. If I had, if I've once I see that episode, then I'll care. Maybe I don't know. Maybe okay. you'll care. Maybe you'll care less. I'm not really sure, but it's well, just like did- a. You can just say like why? I mean, why did they end up in prison? Well, okay, so they killed their little sister. Jesus. Like and together? the way they did it, yeah, together. And the way they did it was like one of the scariest things I've ever seen. No joke. Like it's you think one thing's gonna happen, and then they do it in a different way, and you're like, oh, Jesus. wow, it's super stressful and like super like ice in their veins. So you're saying if I knew that, I'd have I'd be more sad about their deaths, or like not sad at yeah, all? Yeah, but like. Liking a character doesn't mean liking the person that the character is or condoning their behavior. It means like enjoying watching the the stuff they get up to on screen. So like I, I think that having characters like Carol and Barb, like Barb is is less interesting to me because Barb like gets high on her own supply and like has an addiction issue and yeah. is a little little bit more off the rails. Like Carol is like in charge. Like she's got yeah. an eye on everything. She speaks almost never, but, like, you know when she's on screen. Like, she's all you can kind of focus on when she's on camera. Yeah. Even though she says very little. And you just, like, feel the power and presence of that character. And I think that that in this setting is really interesting and compelling television, you know? Yeah. Okay. Megan was saying at the beginning, somewhat tongue-in-cheek maybe, that kind of time for this show to wrap up. Um, Jordan, I'm curious, like, do you feel like that, I mean, it sounds like you think it is winding down. Do you feel like this is kind of a good time, like maybe one more season and then that's probably about it? Yeah, I think that's what's going to end up happening, but you never know with Netflix. Netflix isn't like HBO where they're like, we do six seasons unless we have Game of Thrones and then we still only do another 10 episodes or whatever, you know, like they... Netflix can do whatever they want. If they want to keep it going, they will. And I think a lot will depend on viewership. So um, that said, I think the story is getting to the point where they they only have so much rope left. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'll be interested to see what they do to try to... I, it's set up. This season has been set up for them to close it down. Whether they do that in one or two more seasons, I'm not sure. Well, I think one of the other things that's impressive about the show is the fact that Genji Kohan, the uh, creator, um, is still, you know, very much involved. She, you know, she wrote an episode, I think is still the showrunner. And I think usually this is around the time when um, showrunners are kind of like, I, I don't want to like spend my whole life just doing this one show. And they, they might like hand it off. So I feel like 
if they want to keep it going, I, I mean, I, I don't know anything about her, you know, specifically, but my I would guess that if they want to keep this going beyond another season or two, then there'd probably be somebody else taking over, which I would imagine is not necessarily going to be great for the show. Yeah, I don't think it will be. And like what we were talking about earlier, like that idea of dominating the, the dramedy category, that's like Genji Cohen's like bread and butter. Like Weeds was the same exact way mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you were cracking up one second and then the next you were like, wow, everybody's going to die. You know, like there's no way they get out of this situation. And um, yeah, Genji Cohen's just so good at that. I feel like that is what makes Orange is the New Black. Like, it has an amazing cast. It has great writing. Um, you know, there's a lot going for it, but I feel like she, she's the glue in a lot of ways that holds everything in place. And I don't know how well the show would do without her. Um, that kind of vision and that ability to tie those two feelings together, you know, and, and bounce between the two so, so easily. So... Anyway, I think yeah, my guess would be one or two more seasons. Probably one, but they might they might just go for two. Yeah. I'm all right. Yeah, I feel like one. <laughs> just one more. Well, it's like pulling teeth getting you to watch this one. So I know, but like yeah. exactly. Like and the fact that I feel like it would honestly make sense if Piper's done, then like it's like we come in with Piper, we leave with Piper, it's over. Like, I feel like that would have made sense. That's what I'm most curious about next season is how they weave Piper into it. My prediction, honestly, is that Alex is going to take over drug distribution and thus power and going to get Piper involved again. Huh. Even though Piper's out of prison. Yeah, because someone needs to bring it in. Oh, interesting. I could be way off, though. Like, that's probably the most obvious prediction. There's also going to obviously be like a rift between Alex and Piper when Piper finds out that Alex is taking up a position as a soldier. But they really like subverted what you thought was going to end up happening at the climax of the show. Hmm. Like you think that one scenario is going to play out and a totally different one does. So um, it was weird. It was like almost anticlimactic, the, the finale. So I don't. I'm not sure, to be honest. Anything can happen. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll finish it up. See what happens. Yeah, I'm interested so. to see what you think after the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I th- it sounds like we're, uh, we're all talked out. Yeah, I'm hungry. Sounds good. Um, yeah. <laughs> well uh before we wrap up i will just remind listeners that if they enjoy the show they can subscribe on apple podcast they can subscribe on pretty much any other podcast app um we'd also really appreciate it if you left us a review in apple podcast and megan thank you for joining us yeah thanks for having me always always a pleasure all right love you guys bye <laughs>